Welcome to Bicycle Retail Radio, the bicycle industry podcast that brings retailers, vendors, advocates, and thought leaders to the mic for honest discussions about the latest issues facing retailers while taking an in-depth look at the person within the profession. Welcome to Bicycle Retail Radio. This is Heather Mason, MBDA President. Joining us today is Jenny Moore, co-owner, manager of Moore's Bike Shop, located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. One of my favorite conversations, we talk about the family business, serving generations in the community, the power of the test track, welcoming all cyclists into the shop, and the overall joy of a job done top notch. Jenny is one of my favorite people, a skilled musician, a mother, amazing human. You will love this one. Jenny, I have been waiting to have you on the podcast for several months now. Thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Heather. Oh, my God. So listeners, Jenny is an amazing human leading the charge on shaping the future of Moore's Bike Shop, MBDA P2 member, her father, James Moore, past MBDA president. Lots in this conversation today. Before we dive into the shop, into what makes you unique, your views on the industry, I just want to dive into a little bit about how you got here and your background. You know, I know that your dad, you know, started Moore's, Moore's Bike Shop, but how? what's your journey been? Sure. So I'm going to back up a little bit and tell a short, long story. <laughs> so long before me, my parents were married. They went to the the local university and dad had a bicycle to ride to class, but mom walked six blocks each way to get to class. So dad found a bicycle in a dumpster and broke it down, restored it, fixed it up for mom to ride. He realized that he really enjoyed restoring that bicycle. So he began buying cheap bikes from garage sales and he would repair them and then post them in the local paper and make a little money doing what he enjoyed doing. So fast forward to uh, 1984 when he opened his first shop, and that's the year I was also born. He had that shop for quite a while. It's still here. In 2002, I was studying piano at the same university that my parents went to. Really wanted to play piano. That's what I wanted to do with my life. And then I realized, you know, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, you're probably not going to make a living playing the piano, but you can make a living teaching piano. And then I thought about that for a, a bit and realized, that meant sitting in an office all day, every day. And I'm a busybody and I, I just love teaching, but I didn't see myself long-term in that environment. So while I was going to class, I started working part-time at dad's store and ended up falling in love with it pretty quickly. So after a couple years of that, 2005, I attended the Barnett Bicycle Institute to further my learning about bike mechanics. And in 2011, became manager. Now I'm half co-owner, so I do the hiring, firing, purchasing, payroll, taxes, and still get to be involved in the selling and repairing, which I enjoy doing. I had no idea you went to Barnett's Bicycle Institute. How was that experience? It was incredible. I took my mountain bike and rode the mountains in Colorado for a couple of weeks and, and had a blast. Met a lot of really cool people. Were you the only woman there, or has that been something that you've noticed? I mean, we're kind of a a minority in the industry, if you would. There was myself and one other female there, and then you know, mostly guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's fun. Oh, I love the story that you shared with us about your dad fixing the bike up for your mom. And it, this is truly a family business. And it must be inspirational when you go into the store each day to just have all those memories, all those years. I mean, do you, do you love what you do? I love what I do. I love that I get to work with family. I feel very, very lucky in that aspect. You know, a lot of people get to see their father on holidays and I love working with dad. I love seeing him every day. I love, you know, learning from him. He's very smart. <laughs> so I'm really lucky to be in the family environment. My brother also worked here for many, many years and it, it feels like family. It's full of family memories, you know, me growing up in the shop. So it's, I'm very lucky to to be in an environment with family. As co-owner now, and knowing that the business was created, the started the year you were born. I mean, what what's it, what's the inspiration to keep it going? I mean, it, it, there's got to be some fire there, right? Is tell us a little bit about that. I'm just trying to get a sense of what you're feeling inside in in the role of as co-owner now, and the direction that the bike shop will head in the future. Sure, there's a, a lot that brings me joy. This job is different from any other job I've worked. I really like the problem solving, not just for bicycles, but for people, no matter their needs. About 15, 20 years ago, a young lady came in the store and she was missing part of her arm on one arm from the elbow down. And she wanted to ride with her family. So we fixed her up with the beach cruiser and I took some bar ends and connected them together and kind of built a tree out of bar ends and wrapped it real thick in bar tape where she could rest her elbow. And then I'd see her riding around town uh, with her family. So I get joy out of those things. I get a lot of joy out of seeing kids ride bikes. I, I used to ride as a kid. It was my freedom. I would take over the neighborhood, ride further than I probably should have. But yeah, I, I think a lot of kids miss out on that experience. So I really get joy out of that. I like the mechanical aspect of bike repair. I like being able to see a problem, diagnose it, come up with a solution. I've never been good at electronics, but if it's something physical that I can look at, I like that challenge. Um, I really like taking old bikes that belong to customers, deceased loved ones, and restoring them and seeing their faces when they pick it up. In fact, my son just turned four. His name is CJ. And he just learned to ride with no training wheels this week. So I'm very excited. But he, probably six months, he'll be riding my deceased brother's bike from childhood that my parents saved after all these years. So seeing CJ's face light up when it's time to ride reminds me of my childhood memories. And I, I really get joy out of seeing other people experience that. I've got goosebumps listening to you talk and I'm thankful that you're a friend and I see all your photos on the social media and, and CJ's amazing. I'm just thinking the generations of people who have come through the shop, you know, thinking about passing down that bike, that has to be something special for you. And I'm sure people come in and remember you younger in the store, right? They do. And sometimes they recognize me and they say, yeah, I remember when you guys were down on Hutchinson, which was our previous location. But seeing them bring their kids who are you know, close to CJ's age, come in and shop for their first bike and they bring the family and we get to look at colors and size them and walk them down to the test track and be involved in that experience. That's, that's a big moment in their life. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, all right, let's rewind here something because you said something that I want to just dive into a little bit more. Uh, piano, and I know you're a musician. So tell us about some of your other hobbies outside of the shop, just so we can get a better idea of who Jenny is before we dive into the shop. <laughs> Jenny is a band nerd all the way, always have been. <laughs> I play uh, piano, drums, mandolin, accordion. Woohoo! In fact, I've got two gigs this evening and and one out of town tomorrow that I'm prepared for. But I, every weekend, I've got a couple gigs. I play with some incredible local musicians, incredible. And so I'm, I'm, you know, trying to balance the shop life with music life and family life. It's challenging, but I'm up for the challenge and happy every minute. I can tell you are. I, I mean, even now, you know, our listeners can't see you, but you're smiling. And I had the good fortune to sit around a campfire with you once. And here you play the accordion, which is amazing. Jenny, are you a cyclist then, or, or is music really your hobby? Would you call yourself a cyclist? I am a, uh, a cyclist. I consider myself a pacer, not a racer. So I, I've never done any competitive riding. The, the biggest group ride I've done was a century. I got the t-shirt. I said, the, thanks, that's, that's good for me. So I, I enjoy riding the neighborhood. I like riding with my family. More casual for me these days. It's not uncommon for me to ride around the neighborhood and stop and sit down and take a break and take some pictures of nature and listen to the birds and just reflect in being outside. I totally love that answer. And earlier, I think we were chatting and you referred to Moore's Bike Shop being dedicated to bringing in, if you would, the non-cyclists. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that and sure. what you meant in that reference, because I think a lot of retailers right now are are focused on bringing in the cyclists, bringing in the non-cyclists, reaching the new riders. So I, I just wanted to tap into that a little bit. The non-cyclist is, is something that I feel I can personally relate to. And it, nothing's wrong with the elite racer, but I can relate to riding you know, casually in more of a relaxing manner for mental and physical enjoyment. Customers over the years have come in saying the same thing, which is, you know, I haven't ridden a bike since I was a kid. My doctor said I need to exercise or for whatever reason, they, they want to try to experience cycling. But, you know, sometimes they're intimidated. But I, I feel like I can relate to that. And, you know, sometimes they'll say they haven't ridden a bike in 20, 30 years. And the last bike that they rode was a a heavy steel frame free spirit with the skinny hard seat and the uncomfortable bent over handlebars and shifters that, you know, they didn't quite know how to operate the gears. So I really enjoy showing them the new technology and fitting them on something that's comfortable for their needs and, and getting them equipped for, you know, a, a new lifestyle change. Yeah, I can just, I mean, I've had the privilege to visit the store. We did one of our P2 meetings. We got to ride the Longleaf Trace Trail, which I want to ask you about here in a couple of minutes. And, you know, going into the store, seeing the way the store is set up, just let's paint a picture if you, if we could for our listeners. So the store, can you tell us a little bit more about like the building? Can you describe in your detail the building and then the diversity of product. It's not all road bikes. It's not all e-bikes. It's not all comfort. What I remember was a true mix of product, correct? Correct. Uh, we, we try. And I know you can't be everything to everybody, but we've we've learned our market and we carry 
Giant as our main brand. We picked up Denago recently, some electric bikes, Sun from JNB for some specialty recumbents, tandems and such. But we, we also sell used bikes. We sell uh, higher quality reconditioned bikes. That's, you know, if someone's looking for an upgrade or their first quality bike, but they're on a budget, we like to say yes as much as possible. A little bit about our store, the size of our showroom is about 5,500 square feet, to give you an idea. Our repair area, 700 square feet, and our warehouse is 1,800 square feet. This building used to be a church, so when you walk in, there's you know high arches, a lot of echo in the room, <laughs> but it's we, we try not to be a, a cookie-cutter visual or a boutique store. We have a lot of history in the showroom. We have bikes from the 1800s on display. We have some show pieces of downtown Hattiesburg, photos from the 1920s posted in the showroom. So a lot of history, a lot of family photos as well. I love how you do that. I remember walking around the store and seeing the history. There's a piano in the store as well, right? There is a piano in the store and there's also currently a, an antique foot pump organ in the store. <laughs> so awesome. So awesome. And for you, Jenny, are you there every day during the week? Like, is this something open to close? It's pretty much you're there, you're part of it, you're making stuff happen. Or how do you find that balance? I know right now, so many re retailers, many of our listeners are struggling with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm here anytime we're open, which we've made the decision last summer to close on Mondays. And I would highly recommend it. It's been great for us. It gives us a, a Sunday, Monday, two-day break weekend like the rest of the world <laughs> has. So that's really nice. When I'm at work, I'm focused on work. I do make a point that's very important. And my staff knows this is very important. Do not bother me at lunch. I take a one-hour lunch. I sit in my car. I eat for 10 minutes. I read my book for about 15 minutes. And then I practice my mandolin for the duration. So that that's the only hour I ask to not be interrupted. But when I'm at the shop, I'm I'm focused on the shop. I love that. That's setting those clear boundaries. That's your time. It's so good for our brain and our soul. And I think your staff actually like appreciates you and looks up to you for taking that time, you know, good for you. Let's talk about that staff. How many employees and could you just describe your staff detail? I know that's something that people have been challenged with as well recently, finding qualified employees. We're very lucky right now to have a very efficient quality staff. It's uh, myself. I've got two other female employees full time. And then dad is still in and out. He's on payroll, but he probably works maybe 25, 30 hours a week as he's doing more in the community these days. I will mention my four-year-old CJ. He does have his own Morris bike shop. Uh, employee work shirts that he wears to work, and he has his responsibilities, his duties for opening and closing the shop, such as uh, taking the, the parking cones out for our check-in station and turning the lights on and off. So he, uh, I would almost consider him a, a part-time employee, <laughs> not on payroll. I love that. I love that. You mentioned you have two other women. So so there's three women in, in the shop. That is not something, I'm, I'm sorry to call it out, but that's not something that you know I hear often. How is that? How do your customers respond? Am I making a bigger deal out of it than it should be? I mean, just anything there. I wish you weren't, but <laughs> no, actually, you're very accurate. A female in this industry, you really have to go above and beyond to appear mediocre. 
I have a, a funny prop I keep behind the counter that I pull out when it's appropriate. And it, it's for the, the men that come in and look us up and down, three females working on bikes, and they'll say something like, oh, they let you ladies work on bikes these days, huh? Where Where's the man? So I like to pull these, you know, the funny prop glasses. You put the glasses on your face and they have these big fuzzy eyebrows and a big mustache attached. And I'll turn around and say, well, can I help you, sir? <laughs> Actually, I had uh, one one older gentleman. He came in and he looked me up and down and said, how can I help you? And he said, uh, I need a handlebar. It's one inch. It's 24.5 millimeters. I said, well, actually an inch is 25.4 millimeters, but come over here. I'll show you what we have. So I kind of respect and enjoy the challenge of changing people's minds when they have that initial per perception. It's all about the knowledge that we project out there. And I, I love the, the glasses story. That's wonderful. <laughs> Let's just talk about the community a little bit. I was there, like I said, we got to ride on the Longleaf Trace Trail. Is the community really a mixture of racers, more recreational? Or how would you describe the community and the opportunities available for cycling and cycling advocacy? Uh, so the, the Longleaf Trace has been a huge asset for our community. It gives uh, cyclists and runners a, a, a truly a safe place to ride. It's about 45 miles, all paved one way. But I'd say the, the community is, uh, it's a mix between recreational with a few annual races, road and off-road. So the, the Longleaf Trace runs from downtown Hattiesburg through several uh, cities all the way to Prentice, Mississippi. And, you know, we, we do prefer to cater to customers who are looking for their first quality bike or looking for an upgrade, but who, you know, who ride for physical and mental health benefits or transportation. A customer asked me once if I was a serious rider. And I said, why would I want to be serious about riding a bicycle? <laughs> it, it's fun. It reminds me of the freedom that I had as a child. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when people ask what our best bike in the store is, my response is whichever bike takes your mind to a place that you forget you're riding. Mm -hmm. When you get in the zone and you get the endorphins going, it opens a part of your mind that you're unable to experience from the couch. It reminds me, of, an older lady came in once and said, I'm looking for a regular bike. I don't want a Neil Armstrong bike. And I said, ma'am, I don't know if Neil Armstrong rode a bike, but I'll show you what we have. Let's get started. <laughs> So I, I enjoy seeing people's faces when they go from a department store bike to their first quality bike. I really enjoy seeing their progress as they change their lifestyle for the better. I enjoy seeing customers' weight loss progress as they continue coming by the shop. I enjoy hearing uh, stories of how their bike has helped them cope with life struggles or given them an outlet to enhance their lives. So that that's how cycling in my community looks like to me. Wow, Jenny, I mean, you've hit on so many things there. And I know that the work that, that your dad does with the recovery program and and the way you're describing, you know, how we, I mean, cycling does just light us up that time on a bike. It's so powerful for the brain. For our listeners, you know, she touched a little bit on the Longleaf Trace Trail. I would definitely make a point to go out and ride that trail. And your shop, I think you have a portion of the trail, right? Like designated to your shop or that you maintain. Is that correct? Well, there's a cutoff of the trail uh, near the downtown Hattiesburg area that actually runs right up to our front door. Awesome. Nobody knows your bike shop better than you, but the people who might come the closest 
are other bike shop owners who are facing the same day-to-day and long-term challenges that you are. Joining a P2 group is one of the most affordable ways to take a deep dive into your business alongside other bike shop owners who are experts in what you do. Reach out today so we can tell you more about how a P2 group can make a difference in your business. You know, the other thing I remember from the visit to your store was the test track area. There's a space across the street, am I correct, where you're able to take customers out to experience their, you know, a used bike or a quality bike or an e-bike or anything that they're looking to get into. Can you describe that test track area and just, you know, how you've used it to, to your advantage and to help your customers decide which bike is right for them? Sure. Uh, I wish I could say I sold a lot of bikes, but I've got to give the test track credit. It it does most of the selling for us. It's about a tenth of a mile paved circular track in the shade of some big, beautiful trees. And I think we traded that property for four bicycles and accessories and, and did a lot of work to it. So the test track has been a huge asset. It's also where, uh, (laughs) I taught my, you know, CJ how to learn with no training wheels. So we make a lot of memories on that test track. Oh my God, that's awesome. So, you know, I know that you do a lot with used bikes, actually for our P2 program, the members in your group have learned so much and increased their margin because, you know, taking notes from what you guys are doing there. I know James recently did an article for Bicycle Retailer Industry News. I know that e-bikes are a highlight for your store right now too. How are you finding success moving e-bikes and I guess let's talk about that. And then I want to get into the used bikes a little bit. The e-bikes, I was skeptical. Uh, it, it took us a while in our market for them to really pick up. First, we started with a couple uh, uh, outfitted e-bikes in the $1,200, $1,300 price range. And then we brought in a couple of the nicer giants. And then we we said, we're going we're gonna to go all out. Let's order 25 to 30 giant electric e-bikes. And they sat for a little bit and we had some huge banners made. We had uh, several billboards posted throughout Hattiesburg advertising that we sold e-bikes and it gradually began to pick up. We recently picked up Denago because a lot of customers, when they call on the phone, if they've gotten online and read any kind of forum, they're convinced that they need a throttle. So we, we decided to pick up a couple throttle bikes, but once the customers in the store will make that assessment, once we interview them, ask the proper questions, and you know, a lot of times they'll, they'll prefer a, a pedal assist. So I think having a good selection of e-bikes and knowing your e-bikes can go a long way. Yeah. That, I mean, that is something we've been pre- you know pressing as important is having the selection, having the knowledge of the brands, the billboards, was it a specific e-bike message on the billboards that really you think caught people's attention that you have them in stock? The billboard was simple. It says uh, charge on an e-bike today and a picture of a couple riding e-bikes. So it's simple, but got the point across that we do have them, we service them and we know them. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, listeners, that's a a great tip there. And then Jenny, so much with used bikes, and I know it's really driving your margin in the store. How are you finding success with used bikes? We purchase used bikes. We uh, allow people to trade in their old bikes. And our focus is quality um, bike shop brand used bikes. 
but we will do a complete refurbish on the bike, do what it needs, uh, and resell it with a six-month warranty. And we have a very easy formula that we go by in order to purchase or use a trade-in value on the bikes after doing an initial assessment. And most of the time, the customer is, is happy with our offer. But if, if we think that they can get more selling the bike themselves, you know, we're always honest and we'll let them know and give them both options. But they're especially through COVID, you know, there's been times where it's been hard to get bikes from the supplier and having those good quality trade-in used bikes has allowed us to say yes more to the customer. Yeah, I'm always impressed by the retailers who aren't embracing used bike sales and then they do start, you know, focusing on trade-ins or purchasing used bikes and then they're just like blown away by the success that they find with with that. So definitely something for consideration there. So back to the shop operations, I know from visiting that you, I know from visiting the store that you are great with giving goals to your staff and you do track the data, especially in the service shop and what's selling on the floor. But I also know that you don't use any fancy point of sale systems or even for your payroll services, you do it yourself. I mean, what? (laughs) Well, I remember telling you at the beginning of this that I'm not very good at technology. I'm good at, I have a mechanical mind. But it, it works for us. In fact, I think I have a better understanding of our numbers based on the fact that I do everything by hand with a calculator and a, a yellow legal pad. Uh, we do document and track each employee's productivity. Um, at the end of the month, we have decided to post that so everyone can see it. And I think it gives each employee a little nudge, uh, you know, seeing where they can improve, seeing who's doing the best in what area. And, you know, there's been times in the past where I've realized that this employee is really excelling in this area and this employee, not so much. So we'll kind of swap roles and put them where they, they're they a better fit. It's so smart to use data. And I know that's something that we're continually focused on in our P2 program. And I do like how you post it and let the employees see how they're doing. I think that competition and goal setting is is really healthy and good. I mean, Jenny, it seems just like you're so dialed and you're loving what you're doing. I mean, it's hard work to own and manage a bike store. And I know profit margins are tough and, and there's, you know, we're we're not going to be millionaires doing it. What's like, what's the driving force? Is it the family business? Is it the freedom that comes with it? Is it having your son in there with his own shop shirt? Is it changing people's lives? Is it all that? Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> it, it's the overall passion. It's the people solving, the mechanical solving, having the freedom to move around versus sitting in an office all day. The bike industry is different than any other job I've worked. I like that my roles have changed and they continue to change. You know, 20 years ago, I started out doing a little bit of sales, a little bit of mechanics, assemblies. I uh, find myself in a custodian role sometimes, which I don't mind because as we know, a clean shop is a happy shop, right? Trained employees for the last decade and enjoy seeing their progress and seeing them grow. And I continue to grow and learn and that keeps me uh, involved and excited. And I learn new skills that I didn't even think I needed until I see them transfer to other parts of my life. So it's overall, I feel like I'm, I'm a good fit for this environment. I would totally agree with you. And I've seen you actually train some of our P2 members, take them under your wing for mechanics, skills, and and whatnot. Is there anything 
you know, sometimes reflection on the work that we've done, I think can be really valuable. You know, looking back, you've done in the store, maybe some of the changes that you implemented or, you know, brought to your dad. And I, I don't know how that, that even dynamic is of like, I think we need to do this and, you know, navigating that. But is there anything that you've done or changed in the shop that has really moved the needle that you're most proud of? I can't take credit for these things on my own. I think it was a group effort. And I think I encourage my staff and dad to come up with new ideas. And if it's something that one of us haven't thought of and the other thinks it's going to be a win-win, I think we're all excited to try it. Profitability speaking, the uh, the used bikes have been a huge, huge win for us. The e-bikes, having a quality staff is a no-brainer. <laughs> Actually, closing Mondays, I know I mentioned that, but that has given us the sanity that we need to come back full force and, you know, really get excited about working throughout the week. Yeah, those two days off in a row, so you can be like a normal human. <laughs> it's really invigorating. Yeah. I I know there's other stores located near you. You know, there's a brand store, I believe, or a store that is heavy in one brand. What, in your opinion, really sets Moore's Bike Shop apart from other shops in the area? I mean, this is something we we focus on, you know, our unique culture. What would that be? Uh, being a family-owned bike shop with a unique atmosphere, I think, makes us different from, from our competitors. As I mentioned, there's a lot of history in the showroom and a lot of people walking in for the first time who say, I've never been in and just wanted to stop. You know, they they sometimes need a minute to look around and take it in because it's not what they expected. The test track is a big asset that I think sets us apart, the community work that we do. The fact that we're able to go above and beyond in efforts for the community as far as, you know, staying late if someone needs to pick up up a bike or uh, delivering a new bike for someone who, you know, lives in the neighborhood or doing little things that big box stores aren't able to do. I really enjoy the culture of our shop, and I think that's kind of what sets us apart I feel like I'm part of something that makes a positive difference for those in the community, whether it's changing a flat for someone in the homeless community so they can get to their next destination or taking training wheels off uh, for a child as they take the next step in their cycling journey, or just helping someone pick out their first quality bike and seeing that expression on their face, knowing that they're about to change their lifestyle. I feel like I get to be a part of these positive lifestyle changes and I've never felt that at another job. It's very rewarding. And I, I don't know if every other bike shop is like this. So it's hard to say if that's different from our competitors. But those are the things that I value specifically in our store. Oh, my God. I'm so resonating with what you're saying. I'm thinking back to when I was working in the store and you're like you feel truly connected to your customers, like you're part of their life journey and experience. And it's really rewarding, right? It's like, it's on a very personal level. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's very hard to get that in other areas. So I definitely understand what you're saying there. You you know, Jenny, we might have people listening to this conversation that are thinking about starting their own bike shop, maybe even thinking about just going to work in a bicycle store. Any advice, you know, you have on someone thinking about starting their own shop, let's say. Oh, absolutely. I I actually know I know the trick. If you want to make a uh, million dollars your first year, start with two million dollars. <laughs> That's a bad joke. I'd say know your market and understand that you can't be everything to everybody. It's most important to be your own brand. 
be unique enough to bring people in no matter what product brand you sell, but sell yourself. Yeah, it really is about Moore's Bike Shop, your staff, your team, your knowledge, and the products that you have chosen to offer, you know, that inventory that you've curated that makes you truly unique and the only Moore's Bike Shop out there that exists. You're a member of our P2 program. I love having having you guys part of our program. It was fantastic to bring the group of retailers to visit to visit your store and your area. How has that experience been for you being part of that program? I am learning so much. Uh, <laughs> I purchased a, our first laptop just so I can start plugging in numbers because, you know, without a point of sale system, we do everything manually. So on this laptop, I've got a structure that really makes sense to me and I can pull up daily, monthly, annual, quarterly, you know, whatever kind of goals I'm looking for, look at our history and set future goals based on the average of our history. So I think the P2 group really inspired me to kind of get on that and look at the numbers in a way that makes sense to me. The P2 group causes me in a good way to really question the ways that I've done things in the past and open my creativity and try different things and really honored to be a part of that group just for the thinking process and analyzing, you know, what gets measured gets improved. And there's a lot of measurements in the P2 group. All right. So here's a question. My next question, we talked about you guys setting goals for your staff. I want to ask next, you know, we talk about goals for your staff. How about just current projects, things you're focused on right now that you're trying to tackle in the store? Maybe it's a re-merchandising a section or even taking those e-bike sales up to the next level. Is there anything you're focused on now as we're we're recording in April and we're just, you know, getting into the cycling season? Hopefully it's kicking off here soon. The weather's been a little bit crazy, but any current projects you're focused on? Um, a couple of things, you know, we our inventory is much better than it was. And it's not that we had lack of inventory. We had a lot of inventory, specifically giant escapes and alights, the fitness spike. So what we were trying, and it seems to work so far, we're putting stem risers on some of those bikes and a Cloud9 comfort seat, adding the uh, the parts to the price of the bike, but kind of offering that as a, a more of a comfort fitness bike. We've got some 24-inch escapes by Giant that haven't sold. So we're putting obier tires and selling those as more of a neighborhood recreational bike. So trying to be creative on uh, ways to move some of our extra inventory. I love that idea. So many retailers right now are sitting with heavy inventory and maybe not the right inventory and cash flow challenges make it really hard to bring in more inventory. So being creative with what you have is a fantastic project and goal that takes a lot of focus right now. But if you put your energy there, you can definitely make it happen. You know, yeah, what else? Uh, one other goal that that's probably more short-term than I'd prefer, you know, dad, I think he's ready to phase out and retire and do more in the community. But as much as I love him being here every day, I think I'd, I need to step it up and give him the freedom to not be here as often as I'd prefer. So I think, you know, the way that the three of us, uh, myself, Cheyenne and Amber, run the shop efficiently. I think having our roles and also being able to step out of those roles as needed and work together. I think we're going in the right direction. We do a pretty good job, but I'd like to be able to comfortably and efficiently run the shop 
with him having the option of not being here so he can kind of do some things in the community that he prefer to do. I mean, this is like a really raw, authentic conversation because I can't even imagine that transition and what that looks like and his comfort level with not being there and your comfort level with not having him be there and you want to support each other. And there's so much there. I think some of the times you just like, you'll know when that moment's right. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't even know how to navigate that. Right. I'm going to prolong it as long as I can, but I'm also going to respect the fact that he's been doing this for a long time and he's, he's going to deserve to step out when he's ready. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough industry. I know that since COVID, so many retailers, there's just a lot of stress, a lot of long hours, a lot of ways that we had to pivot our operations, doing things outside, the click and collect, the, the just the inventory struggles. I think the past couple of years have really been a lot. And if anyone needs to step out, right, like hearing you take that hour for lunch, that's your time. I'm so happy to hear that because I think we really do not need to prioritize our our personal you know, health right now. Yeah. Boundaries. All right. So thinking about the future, you know, the future of the bike industry, is there anything, you know, any thoughts you have just on the future of the bike industry? If you had a magic ball thinking into the future, you know, as a retailer where, you know, you want to best position yourself or what trends for product, you know, might keep moving forward in in the future? E-bikes for sure. I think the repair service is going to be the biggest opportunity for bike shops you can buy products online, but your labor services are of a huge value to the community. I see a huge potential in the labor and repair in the shop. Yeah, definitely focusing on those services that we can offer. I mean, you must love what you do. Do you love what you do? I love what I do. <laughs> if you can't tell, I, uh, I, I I love coming to work. I love what I do. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. Even if I were doing the musician thing full time, I would still miss working with my hands. I've I've always enjoyed taking things apart, working with my hands. It it gives me pride. It gives me some self-worth. I remember my first push mower stopped working and I took it apart and I learned how to clean the carburetor, put it back together and it cranked. And it felt so good knowing that I was able to do that on my own. So bicycles, you know, kind of give me that same sense of self-worth and accomplishment, but more so than that, helping people problem solve and getting them back on the road is is really what drives me. You're so freaking cool. I mean, you're playing with the band and you're in the, in the shop. Does the, the people in the community just know you as like this awesome woman who is a musician and also is runs the bike store and you must get noticed everywhere you go? Oh, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people. I'd like to think that they they like me. No, I, I know a lot of people in the community. Keeping up on just one more question I have for you, if you don't mind. I have one more question. You know, e-bikes and technology forward, talking about the future and and the learning curve of making sure you can diagnose what's wrong with e-bikes and, and solve them. Has that been a challenge for you or your staff? Or how do you keep on top with the you know technology that's coming out? A couple of things we've done to make it easy for the staff and for customers coming in. We've made a little very small, like a three by five inch printout of the main key features of each e-bike we sell because they, they're very different. 
So that kind of gives the customers a quick guide and it gives us a cheat sheet if we need it. As far as knowing what we sell, you know, that's been a, a huge help. We have really good distributors as far as needing help. It's easy to pick up the phone and they'll always answer and they can help diagnose any issues that we have. It is nice to have partners that you can lean on for sure, for sure. Many retailers right now trying to get people back in the door, welcome, well, you know, marketing efforts, events. I know we did an event with our Buy Where You Ride campaign with Moore's Bike Shop last year. Anything you're doing right now to welcome your customers back in? Uh, I don't have any events lined up at the shop in the next few months. I am going out to a group of Boy Scouts to help them earn their cycling badge. I'm going to talk about bike maintenance, safety habits, and then we're going to do a short bicycle ride. And I'm doing a, another class with the university for some older folks as a community class to go over how bicycles have changed, how the technology is better than it was when they were kids. And kind of show them the new products. Same thing about maintenance and safety. I love that. So you're hitting the, you're hitting the youth, and you're hitting more of the the senior crowd. I love that. So just getting out and uh, from an educational standpoint, Jenny. There's so much here. I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and sharing more about Moore's Bike Shop and and your personal journey and how much you love what you do and your family story. If our listeners have more questions for you how and you know we'll in the show notes we'll link to the website is there a good way to get in touch with you oh absolutely and before i give my info i just want to say thank you heather for everything that you do for the mbda you're a huge asset <laughs> very inspirational very encouraging and you you're in your, you're in your right field you're doing what you need to be doing if anyone would like to contact me uh, our website moresbikes.com and then our email is the front of that website moresbikes at gmail.com Excellent. Jenny, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Bicycle Retail Radio. This podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry, dedicated to strengthening our retailers and cycling community. If it is your first episode, we urge you to take the time and listen to our past episodes. Support the show by first subscribing then share your favorite episode online with friends. You can go one step further and leave a review. It helps members of our industry find our podcast. Special thanks to NBDA Development Director Rochelle Scouten for editing and promotional graphics. Music provided by Joel Picard.